answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. And I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are here with us as uh, we talk about financial matters, both myself and my co-host here, Pat. We're both financial advisors. Certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. And we spend our weekdays with people like yourself and come here on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. First first show of 2020. So how, how I, you know how I keep track of how long we've been doing this show is because your daughter was born like on the first two weeks of... Christmas Eve. And that was four years ago. So that's not her 24th birthday. Okay. So, and we would started the radio show soon before six then. months before. Okay. That's a, some, so 24 years of on the air. Yeah. And it has been nothing but exciting. That's right. And uh, today, of course, we're going to take calls as normal, but we're also going to talk about because it's the new year, we all have, we shouldn't say we all, many of us at the time of the new years, we kind of reflect upon the previous year. Think about how fast time starts going the older we get. Is what yes. it's like. And then we think, what we what were we pleased with that we did last year? What what are the things we maybe neglected? And many of us start thinking, whether they're New Year's resolutions or some sort of goals or something like, I need to get I need to focus on this for 2020. And well, quite frankly, um, we see new, more new people coming into our firm clients in the first quarter of the year than any other time of the year. And the reason is is if you ask people, they're like, well, this is, this is I, you know, I decided that this was the year I was going to tackle this, these issues, this financial planning issue or retirement planning issues or whatever the issues yeah. are. And so as you're thinking about other areas of your life, um, your finances is an important one. And if retirement is sometime in your future, whether or not, I mean, you might love your job and think, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's never going to retire. One of those guys is never going to retire. That's fine. You just need to make sure that work is... Uh, an option and not an obligation. Something that you, you want to be prepared to be retirement ready because you never know what happens in life. And you want to be retirement ready for the whole retirement, not just the first four, five, seven, or eight years of retirement, which happens due to poor planning. People think they have enough money until they actually I remember retire. You, I, I've been doing this long enough to see. Just about every circumstance imaginable, right? But then there's always something new. <laughs> and I remember one, there was this uh, person who came in, and they didn't quite have enough money to retire. It was They had a retirement offer from a company. It was one of those that uh, either you take the re- early retirement offer now or you get fired later. I think it's kind of what it was. But So the person came in and was looking at seeing if they are uh, about retirement. And <clears throat> I'm like, well, here's how much money you can expect from your savings and here's what your income is. And this person says, well... I could sell my TV. I could get this, Uh-oh. and she she started thinking about the assets that she can sell, and and I'm thinking, well, what do you do for month three or four? Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, you have to when you retire, you, you want to be able to retire for the the rest of your life, and you don't know how long that's going to be. That's that's an issue. Might be a long time. Might not. That, that is know. an issue. So, so did did she retire for a period, or, or did you never see her again? I never saw her again. You, you, you There's gave, certain people that I can't. That um, you gave her. Uh, she came in for your opinion. You gave her your opinion. She didn't like her opinion, so she was going to shop until she got the right opinion. Oh, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, you see that quite often. Yeah, I remember a guy came in when to retire. This is in the, this is in the year uh, either 1999 or maybe it's the first part of 2000, and someone had given some projections. The lowest uh, return projection was 12. percent I'm not kidding you. From 12 to 20 percent. 12 to 20. Correct. And so I spent some time with them, and I said, oh, my gosh. I said, let's look at other periods of time. This is in 2000. If you think what the the 2000 uh, to 2010 were like, yes. yeah, horrible, right? Yeah. The bad. Dow hit 10,000, and it finished the decade about 10,000, going through two horrific bear markets. But I, at the time, I said, well, let's look at other periods of time. We went back and looked at what happened in the 70s, and I, I said, you need to use a rate of return assumption much, much lower than that. That's uh, – 
And it's okay if you actually get a higher rate of return. And um, if it, he was like, I'm so great, glad I talked to you. And then two days later, he called back and said, actually, I'm going to use the guy that uh, gave me the higher return. The guy sold them. Uh, the guy that's going to give me the higher return. Watch out for those people. Yeah. Yeah. They, the, when they say they're, they can put a return out we're there. All, we're all the same. In, I mean, yeah, we all operate in the same. You all have universe. the same investments. Right. That's actually, you know, it's interesting. We talk about annuities all the time on this show. But once you explain to someone how an index annuity works and they have the same actually access to those investments that the insurance companies do that they put and in. Cut there, out the insurance company. And cut out the insurance company, it actually starts to resonate with people. But anyway, it's sold. It's been a uh, gotta tell you, Scott, it's been a rough week for me. I've had this iPad for a long time. And about mm, four weeks ago, I go to read the New York Times and it iPads, it's no longer supporting the New York Times. So the technology, and so I tried to download the new New York Times app, and it's like, nope, won't download. So it's like they're no longer supporting on my old iPad. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go through the hassle of getting a new iPad for the New York Times. I could live without the New York Times. I like the New York Times, but I could live without it. And then yesterday, I go to read the Wall Street Journal and the Wall Street Journal is no longer being supported on my iPad. And I have to get a new iPad now because I don't even know if they deliver the Wall Street Journal to homes. Well, they must. We get it here in the office. But anyway, I have to go buy a new iPad, which is I'm okay with. It's the hassle of, you know, opening up all those apps and putting in your codes and... Anyway, yeah, it's been a rough life week. Life is tough, Pat. <laughs> you actually, as I'm wow. saying, as I'm saying this, I'm like, <laughs> these are <laughs> most how, certainly. Here's how hard it's been. The start of the year for me has been really, really tough. Yeah, first world problem. All right. So if you want to join our program, we'd love to take your call. Our contact number is eight three three ninety nine worth. It's eight three three ninety nine worth. We'll take calls. We're also talking this year, uh, this program, beginning of the year about what it takes to become and remain financially independent. And so we're going to just kind of talk about some tips and then some experiences that we've had over the years with different people and things that we've seen, and uh, hopefully it'll be helpful for you. But let's start off with calls here. We're going to start off in Auburn and talking with Denise. Denise, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean, All Worth's Money Matters. Hello. Thank you for taking the call. Yeah, our pleasure. What can we do for you? I... Um, I am nearing retirement. I've got about three years to go, and I have a fairly high income now, and I'm trying to catch up on some savings. And it has been suggested to me that I open up a 401k instead of simply putting my money into an investment account um, and or the regular IRAs. Um, because I could tax, because the I could put the money in tax deferred. Now uh, I'm making about 175,000 a year. Um, I've recently divorced, so that's going to really have an impact in my in terms of my income tax. Are you self-employed? Bracket. I am self-employed, but I'm, actually I, I'm an employee of a corporation of a S corp. Okay. So and, technically, I'm an employee. Okay, and do you? So all your income comes through this company that's an S corp. Do they have a 401k available to you? No. Okay. Well, then, and do you, you have a W? Are you a W two employee or 1099? W two. Okay. Okay. So while it may make sense for you to actually put money in a 401k, if your employer doesn't provide a 401k, you can't put money into a 401k. Yeah. Okay, so, so you can't only if my company established it. That's yeah. right. And how many employees are at your company that you work at? There's four of us. Um, do they all make about the same amount of money as you? Do you think? A, a little bit less than me, but well, then well, these guys get then get a talk. Tell your your employer you need a four hundred one k. Yeah, just all the employees should get together and say, you know, we need a four hundred one k. That needs to be. Did they They're not that expensive. Do they provide health insurance to you, your company? No. Okay, well, the chances of you getting a 401k without them providing health insurance is probably might work. I don't know. If you're, if you're all... If you all ask if for it, it, sounds it like you're a professional. It sounds like a professional corporation of some sort. If you guys 
salaries above six yes, figures. We're all, we're all consultants, and we've all been doing it for quite a while, and, and we've just formed the company over the last few years, and we're kind of all settled in our ways, so to speak, in terms of doing this stuff on our own. And no one, no you, one, you don't need the health insurance from your employer. No. As a matter of fact, I'm actually old enough that I'm on Medicare. Okay. So just ask your employer to, to – it sounds like you actually have control over the issue. Just put a 401K in place and then start making contributions to that. But you can't okay. – if you don't do that, so there's no sense like, in having talking about why you should put money in a 401K if you can't. Well, yeah, I agree with you there, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so, um, okay. Um but let's talk about the bigger issue, which is you want to retire in three years. The question is, can you afford to retire in three years or just, you know, you think it's your retirement age, so that happens. Because retirement isn't driven by age as much as it's driven by life circumstances, which is normally a person's health or wealth or the health of a loved one. So let's determine whether you can retire or not. You're making $175,000 a year. That's quite a bit of income. Uh, that you need to replace. Do you owe anyone money, Denise? Um, no, I have a, a mortgage. Okay, how how much do you owe on your mortgage? Um, three hundred thousand. And what's the value of the home? About three seventy five. Okay, and how much money do you have in savings? Everything combined: money in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, savings accounts. How much do you um, have? About four hundred thousand. Yeah, you don't and have. Do you, a, get a, do you get a pension? From your... I have a small pension from the state of California where I used to work for a city. And do you get um, um, Social Security now or not yet? No, I haven't started taking yeah, it yet. And good. how long did you work for the state of California? I, I only worked seven years for the city. A city. A city. And and, and how old were you when you retired from the city? 60. Okay, so you you uh, you should be vested. Um, you don't have nearly enough money to retire. Well, maybe she doesn't. Have you been earning this kind of pay for many years, or is this? No, I have not been okay. earning this kind of pay for many years. Um, what would it What would it take I, to live on? A month. I would. I would be eighty thousand a year. Okay, and are you receiving Social Security now? No. She's on Medicare, so she might be. Well, it I didn't that. Oh, did we? No, so, I did. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you weren't listening. listening. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I'm on no, my own little radio show over here, care. Scott. <laughs> um, to replace $80,000 a year uh, would be uh, on $400,000 as the principal amount uh, would be relatively difficult. But here, But there are some things you can do. So, I mean, if you were my sister, I'd say, look, let's figure out. Let's figure out how to eliminate that mortgage payment, which might mean let's pay that mortgage down to a point where when you retire sometime in the future, we convert that to a, a reverse mortgage so you don't have to make the payments on it anymore. Or you downsize or you move out of an area to a less expensive area. Yeah, I mean, it's really kind of looking – to Pat's point, I mean, you're asking about the 401K, which is – unfortunately, you can't contribute. But you – I mean, for you particularly, this would be a really helpful thing for you for the next few years. Um but, you know, beginning of the year, I think it makes some sense for you to do some real planning, to sit down with a good financial advisor and say, if I want to retire in three years or five years, um, what's it going to, what do I need to do between now and then to make that a reality? Yeah, so just the ballpark would be is the maximum you should be taking out of that $400,000. The maximum would be 6%, and, but quite realistically, you should be, be between the 4 and 5 range. So if we're going to do 5 it's $20,000 a year, and then your Social Security, how much will your Social Maybe. Security be in? $2,000 a month in three years? Or? Yeah, it'll be closer to 2500 Okay, so that's eight, so now we've replaced 50000 of your income. And if we can get your mortgage payment reduced or eliminated, then I mean, that, that, it's realistic, but I think it, you need some planning to go into to yeah. making this happen. And you might be able to do yeah. it in three years, but it would be difficult with that size uh, mortgage. I agree with Scott. Yeah. So. Yes, you need a 401k. Yes, you should be saving 15 to 20% of your income right now. You should be doing all those things, but you should incorporate it around a financial plan. Yeah. All right, Denise, we wish you well uh, in the in the new year. But and go talk to your employer about and yeah. 
it sounds like you're part of the, one of the partners, but it sounds like they're not that expensive they're, they're to administer. They take a little bit of work, um, yeah. but um, especially if you've got people making that kind of income. Yeah. So we were talking about beginning the the new year here and what it takes to become and to remain financially independent. All right. So we're going to talk about some kind of tips and then just share some stories that we've seen over the years of <laughs> some of. people because the beginning of the year. And it's really rare that you see someone that is financially independent that did not work to become that way. Some people get their money through inheritance or I suppose the lottery, but that is not common at all. Most people work and save and the ones that retire most successfully go into retirement with either no or minimum debt. So just this conversation we had a minute ago with Denise, we didn't focus on the returns as much as we focused on the debt, right? Because money not going out is the same as money coming in. So when she said she needed to replace $80,000 a year, she has a $300,000 mortgage. If she didn't have that mortgage, which I'm going to assume is somewhere around, I don't know, 1500 to $2,000 a month, it would have been much easier. So one of the one of the tips that I've got a list of things, just kind of talk randomly through these. Don't ever pull equity out of your house. That's right. It's not a. It's not a. And I hear ads. Bank. We hear ads. Um, still, they have ads like that. Unleash the, the equity. equity. You got all equity that's not doing anything for you. When you take a loan on your house, you are personally taking a loan, and you're pledging your home as collateral. In the event that you can't pay it back, they can come take your house. That's essentially. And Scott, why is it that people want you to pledge your home as collateral versus a car or just what consumer debt, which is not pledging anything? Well, because they can sell them off to the federal government because government will back the mortgages. And? (laughs) The government will guarantee them and they use a marketplace for them. And it is the most stable asset that most people own. That's why the interest rates are lower. That's why the interest rates are lower is because... They know that if you default, they could come back and take the home. And if you think about the Great Recession, that's exactly what happened. Although it happened in mass, um, but it was partially driven by people make, taking out risky loans on assets and using lots and lots of leverage. But I, I cannot tell you how many people we've seen over the years that have come in retirement age, They've been in the same house 20 years, 25 years, sometimes longer, and they have large mortgage balances. I remember meeting with someone who had been in the same house for 30 years, and they owed something like $350,000 on the house. And I asked the question, how much did you pay for the home? They're like, I don't know, like seventy-five dollars or $80,000. And I said, so... You paid seventy-five or eighty thousand dollars for this home thirty years ago, and you now owe over three hundred thousand. How did that happen? And he said, "Well, we refinanced it a bunch of times. Well, you did more than refinance because refinancing means you just kept the same balance, get a better interest rate. You actually refinanced it and then used it as a piggy bank. And what was the outcome? They couldn't retire when they wanted to." Because they couldn't afford to actually stay. make those payments, make those payments, and suddenly people get retirement age and they've got so little equity in their home relative to the the value that even a reverse mortgage isn't an option for them. Yes, and reverse mortgages can be fine. It's not the kind of retirement plan you want to. You don't want to plan for it, but no. you have to use it. Um, although uh, I actually know some people that have no children and or are single that have told me that they absolutely plan on using a reverse mortgage. And we plan around that. I say, okay, well, this is how much equity you should have in the home. All right, there are age. times when it makes sense. Or uh, we've seen people do purchases. They didn't have enough equity. Because we don't. But they're more expensive than a regular mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no But you question. don't have to make the payment. Yeah. Well, that's true, huh? So well, that's the really benefit. Matter. You don't have to yeah. make the payment. Yeah. And about, about being... To be financially independent, to become financially independent, to remain financially independent, 
the less money you have as an obligation, the easier it is to be financially independent. That's right. The money not going out is exactly the same as money coming in. Right? That's exactly... You know, so I put solar on my house. So let's talk about how I actually go through it my, myself. I put solar on my house a couple of years ago. And the, the, the sales... You did it to, to you want to be green. Yeah, Cost right. was irrelevant to you. It was about... <laughs> Doing reducing your carbon footprint, not exactly okay, <laughs> <laughs> but close. He, the, the gentleman that was in my house trying to tell me how much money I was going to save on a monthly basis, was telling me how much I was going to save on a monthly basis. And I'm like, that doesn't matter. So, why does it matter? It's you know, you're going to save $250 a month. I said, that is irrelevant until you tell me the cost of the system because. If the cost of the system is a million dollars, then my return on is a three tenths of one percent at two hundred and fifty dollars a month on an annualized basis. What and then what is the lifetime? When how long do these solar panels actually last? He said, "Well, they last forever." I'm like nothing lasts forever. <laughs> you might want to think that lasts forever, but nothing lasts forever. So the point being is... And he went home and said, oh, man, did I have a great day at work. I love my job. I got to talk with the nicest gentleman, Mr. McLean. <laughs> That's what he said. Why did he not call he me back? He was so friendly. <laughs> Why did he not call me back? But the point being is when you're, when you're spending money on something, it, I spent that because I was looking for a return. I don't know what the point being is now. I was talking about mortgages. <laughs> Well, I think it's your, 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 you analyze something for the return on. The return. Yeah. The return. But one of the bedrocks for financially independence is really about paying yourself first. That is saving regardless of what's happening. And, Pat, uh, the, the, the first day that you get a job, you should try to save money. Most certainly if you have started a career, maybe if you're not, if you're working out at the Taco Bell when you're 16, 17, you know, take a pass. But when you start a career, the first day, it, your, your kids are of age. My son uh, entered the workforce about a year ago. Almost every one of his close friends has asked me to allocate their 401k for them. Because I have, you know, they're like, Mr. McLean, what should I do? And I'm like... Save fifteen. I just I can't. Pay. I'm having trouble thinking because I can't wait for the day when my my daughter's in grad school. When she actually asked that question, uh, she's had some summer jobs that have paid okay, but like she has to do a certain amount of intern hours, and they're unpaid interns. And she was going to get a job waiting tables to help supplement her income, and so I I thought, well, I could I, afford, so I'll, I'm paying her for her intern hours. Well, but Scott, the bigger question is, how do we get some of those free interns here at Allworth? That's the bigger <laughs> question. <laughs> That's what I want to know. And I'm looking forward to her graduating in the spring. And my son will be graduating from uh, college. And, and they, uh, they're we're both, both going to get jobs, I'm hoping. Yes. And off my payroll. But the So that's well, actually one of the save, tips. Don't have kids. Save. It, but pay, I, pay yourself first. And I... I I remember getting out of college, studied finance, studied financial planning, figuring out weighted rates of return, all kinds of different things. And I'll never forget, it was like my first year, and I met with somebody. He wanted to start saving for retirement, and he had this consumer debt, some credit cards. And I said, well, you're paying 14% on this. It doesn't make any sense for you to, to invest in something when you're paying 14% on this. So let's work on getting your debt paid off first. So I put this nice plan together. I got together with him a year later. And, and I'll never forget... This is back in the day when I used to do house calls, just driving around doing whatever. I'll never forget because I think the kids had just one of their kids had decided it'd be a good idea to put some fresh uh, polish on the t kitchen table. Really? It was like the you know like the dark colored polish. I'd never heard this story. And I'm in my white, nice white uh, starched shirt, like one of two. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I get them starched, <laughs> you can get two days worth out of them. And I, I'll never forget, I lifted my arm, and I had all this brown stuff on one really? arm. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I, don't, I must have got something on my shirt. Then I lifted the other one, and all of a sudden I realized it's the table, and it's getting all over my presentation pages and all that. But the point of the story, <laughs> was that besides funny? that. <laughs> when you drove around in that old Toyota? It was a Jetta. The engine fell out Oh, that's the one with the engine. Yeah, the engine did fall out. Literally <laughs> fell out. But that's another story for another show. <laughs> It came to a complete stop on the road. <laughs> it fell right out. <laughs> I 
I guess the motor mounts had been broken. I didn't know the difference. Did you? That's a funny story. But he, but the deal is, this guy a year later had made no progress on his debt. Nothing, and he didn't have any money saved. And I quickly realized that you know what? It doesn't matter the rest of your finances. You need the discipline of saving because, look, you, the average American has, what, 10 grand in credit cards or whatever the number is. I've seen people that have huge 401k balances that have done good job savings, and they never quite manage to get their credit cards paid off. It's behavioral finance issues. Because they have a risk tolerance as to the level that they consider acceptable to have on a credit card at any one point in time. So paying yourself first, regardless of what's happening, is, I think, foundational when it comes to financial independence. Um, we're looking at the clock here. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more financial tips for the new year, and we'll take some more calls. If you would like to join Allworth, it's 1-833-99-WORTH. This is Allworth's Money Matters. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McClain. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, we're talking about, here it's the beginning of 2020, we're going to talk about some financial planning tips to help you become financially independent and remain financially independent. And of course, we'll take some calls as well. And uh, to join us, our toll-free lines, 833-99-WORTH. And let's go right to Northern California and talk with Rob. Rob, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Well, hello, Pat and Scott. Long time uh, listener, first time caller. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. If I had a bell, I'd <laughs> ring it like they did in the... Uh, Old days. Yeah. So anyway, uh, mostly uh, listening for entertainment up till now, but I'm uh, now I'll hit my 59 and a half sometime next uh, year where I can start looking at drawing on 401k and, and kind of came up with a question of, so if you're looking at retirement, you're, you know, around my age, around 60, do you start by, you know, hey, if I want to have 150k and retire at 64 and live till I'm 84, how much would I need to put away? Or typically do you say, you know, if I said by the time I'm 64, if I have a million and a half, how many years will that last me if I want to live a lifestyle of 150K? Well, good question. Yeah, but Which way you'd, uh, look we, we approach it from a different angle. Um, and if you go to our website, allworthfinancial.com, there is a – I believe there's a little video clip and there's most certainly uh, articles that talk about the seven personal decision points that is our retirement planning process. And here's a couple of ways to think about this. First, uh, we like to do planning with um, planning that you live over a hundred years old because um, a couple one, you're going to have inflation over time. So we need to make sure you've got a growing income base to keep up with inflation. And then what happens if you live to, 88, 92. What happens if medic? I mean, if you look at what's changed in the in modern medicine the last uh, year or two, I mean, it's just yeah. What happens if you can live to one hundred and ten? Right. So yeah. the way we yeah. approach it is to try to replace what you're living on today. We go that direction rather than and know, to figure out yeah. So what we do is we take a look at what you're living on today, and we look at your top line income. And then we subtract those things that once you leave the workforce that you'll no longer be putting money into. And that would be social security and any 401k or IRA contributions. So let's say your income is $100,000 a year. And we know that 7.65% goes to social security and 15% goes into your 401k. We know that approximately 22% of your income will go, it doesn't matter. So you're living on $78,000 a year. If assuming, we start, the 100, yeah. assuming the 100. Then we look at the right. things that will either increase or decrease in retirement. So if you pay your mortgage off, let's say you pay your mortgage off and your mortgage payment is $1,000 a month, then we know that you're living on $65,000 a year. And then we figure out if you have enough dollars set aside at a reasonable rate of return to, to replace that $65,000 a year, including any Social Security benefit you may receive. And I guess right. here a good rule of thumb. There's the, the it's called the four percent rule. I don't know why they call it a rule, but um, mm -hmm. it's it's pretty common in, in financial circles. And it's just, it basically is this: if you if you took a four percent withdrawal from your retirement savings, 
and then each year increase that with inflation. So if inflation's you start off with a thousand dollars the first year and inflation three percent, you take a thousand thirty the next year, et cetera, and you complain. There's an extremely high probability of you never running out of money, and that continuing to grow in in perpetuity, four percent rule. So with that, I mean, what that means though is a million bucks. It's only forty thousand dollars a year off a million dollars. Now. If someone's 55 looking at retiring or 50, I think rule four percent rule will be probably a little aggressive. If you're 70 or so, then you know maybe maybe it's yeah. A if you're 80, it's probably too conservative. Yeah. It's probably too conservative. Mm-hmm. So, so how much? So if I had 1.5 million and wanted to retire in five years, or I'll have 1.5 million with between now and five years. Okay. So I'm ready to go five years from now. Walk in the door. Here's my one and a half million. Um, you know, and I was going to say I want to live a certain period of time, but I agree, and my family agrees. They'd, they'd like to see me stick around longer. <laughs> okay, well, that's I wish nice. I could just say, okay, at 74, my quality of life is gone, and, and I'd rather live really, really good for those years. And then when I'm in a diaper, don't really care. Um, well, this is making for but, some great know. radio. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the rea- the, and the reality is, for most people, you're, you're going to be at much more active in your early retirement years than your latter. For the vast majority of people, yeah. For most people, if you're lucky, you stay active until your late seventies. If you're lucky, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you came you have in a, with you, a, you, is your home paid off? No, I, I did go from a thirty to a fifteen. Okay, and how many years are you into it? Uh, not much, only like one. So it would, I'd retire before it was paid off, but I'd either, you know, pay it down or, or that's, that'd be the only thing left. So I was even kicking around what a reverse mortgage would look like once and I got to yeah, that, that or, or getting a new 30 year at that point or reamortizing it, uh, to, just to get the payment as low as possible and not worry about ever paying it off. How much are you making now? Right. Uh, about 300 and the wife's kick another hundred into it. Okay. So you, and of that's $400,000 a year, how much are you actually saving towards retirement? Um, I'm, we've maxed out the 401ks, including the catch up. And, and how much do you, how much do you have in, in total savings right now? Uh, about not counting 401ks, about a hundred and then 401ks, another six. So you've got, Roughly two years worth of income set aside in savings. How long have you been earning at this level? A um, couple, three, four years. And before then, at what level? Uh, it was closer to two, and the wife was working. Okay, so it's been accelerated. So if you want, she was re- working or wasn't working. Oh, she wasn't working. Okay, she wasn't, okay. All right. Got so, it. All right. yeah, that's. Yeah. I'm feeling better. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I'm thinking, well, you're trying to replace a $400,000 lifestyle. That's a lot of money. It, you should be yeah, saving yeah. significantly more money than what you're saving today. Well, well he I, might be saving. He's got a hundred and some odd thousand set aside out of the 401k. It might not be much at all a few years back. Okay. Yeah. Is this that the is the, this right. is the right. This is where you, you need some good planning. And, you know. When we say that, it kind of sounds self-serving at points in time. Well, that's right. Scott. No, I, I, I agree. We think you should obviously visit our firm and, you know, use us. But that's 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 immaterial to this conversation. Co- totally immaterial. You should yeah. either do it yourself or hire someone who's competent to actually set Put together, together a, a roadmap over the next yeah, five years that says, I need to do this, 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 and this. At these levels, and my portfolio needs to look like this, and this is where I will look in five years. Because if you walked okay. in today and you gave me $1.5 million and said invest it and start in- income, and you were in your early 60s, I would say, hey, we're going to send you $60,000 a year. We hope to make more than that, but um, over the long term, to be conservative, we will invest appropriate for your age and your risk tolerance, but... The expectation is that you are going to take $60,000 a year out over a long, long period of time adjusted for inflation. To replace even a $200,000 income and adding on Social Security for you and your wife and the fact that the mortgage will still be there, you will – your standard of living will will change dramatically and not for the better. Yeah. 
But you've got a great opportunity, okay. yeah. right? You got great income right now. Yep, now's the time. Yeah. And are you supporting any children? Uh, no, they're uh, they're in their twenties, and and uh, I do their cell phone, their insurance, anything that <laughs> okay. you know, I can be, uh, you know, that I can be be sued for. I make sure I've got covered. But, okay. Um, so so you're in. You are in the prime. Yep. You are in the highest earning years. And this is not unusual, by the way. Yeah, your spouse sounds like your spouse stayed home to raise the kids. Is that right? Now it's back in the mm-hmm. workplace. Yeah, not unusual yeah. where you're at, and you are in the highest earning years that you've probably been in your whole career. You have more disposable income coming into the house. The obligations that you have to families and family members and others is probably at an all-time low. Now is where you turn on the gas and just really start putting it away for retirement. And just stay away. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the key thing. Um, truth be told, I am um, going to be meeting with somebody at, um, at at your firm, and that's that's great. I actually did a couple of years ago, and they said, here's things you want to do, and I've done those. And so now it's I'm at that, like, okay, here we're at but We, we do not want to be self – I mean, this isn't about uh, – we want this rating program to be a good quality program, not call yeah, us, but, call but, us, call but, us, call us. But in, in the same – No, I know. I know you know, that. I just – I'd, I'd read something, and they said, hey, if you ever want to ask a question, I was really curious, so I genuinely wanted to uh, Good, you know, to ask that question. And, and, and it's it's an interesting time for you because the kids are gone, right? So you've got that freedom, and then you've got some financial resources now that you didn't have before. So you've got some opportunities to do some things maybe you and your wife had talked about doing over the years. And it's this – it's a and who knows? One of you might get sick. Or die, and you might not yeah. make it to eighty, right? So it's this kind of balance of how do we make sure that we live today, enjoy today, um, but still make sure that we are in a position so that when retirement comes four or five years from now, we don't have a dra- drastic change in our lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and if we have a couple I mean, bigger years, if we do some other, you know, interesting whatever we want to spend our money, something different in the next couple of years, realizing that if we want to do this huge trip around the world or whatever, maybe it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing or once-every-five-year thing or something and not get used to doing it every three months. But um, Yeah. Right. Well, cool. Well, You're you on the right been, path. Uh, helpful. Um, like I say, always enjoyed uh, your your show, and uh, usually I've been listening to it about everybody else and, and uh, you know, in, enjoying it from entertainment value, and I appreciate your guys' Okay. Oh, well, appreciate. hopefully you've learned something that's helped you in your planning as well. And, uh, <laughs> other uh, than the entertainment. Other than just entertainment. But it's um, anyway, that's um, – and it is an interesting window, uh, and a lot of now most families are listening that don't have four hundred thousand dollars a year of, of salary. That's right. But regardless, I mean, when once the kids are grown, it's the best time to be saving and thinking about retirement and getting ahead for retirement. Yeah, especially as his wife reentered the workforce and the kids are out of the house and mostly off the payroll. Yeah. All right. So you're listening here to All Worth Financial, and let's uh, continue on. With calls, 833-99-WORTH is the number to be part of the program. And we're in Atlanta talking with Jeff. Jeff, we're with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean, All Worth Financial. Hey, guys. Um, uh, one quick thing. I was listening to your show a while back. One of you mentioned that your wife was sensitive to the uh, the language in movies. I don't remember which one That's of you said That's my wife, yes. Okay, so mine is too. We use this service called VidAngel, vidangel.com, if I can say the name. Anyways, you should check it out. It will just remove the words from the movies. It's really quite amazing. And wait a so, minute. Well, wait my- a minute. I'm trying to. So let's say I wanted to watch yep. something on Netflix. Let's say I wanted to watch Narcos on Netflix or Pulp Fiction. Okay. <laughs> okay. You wouldn't hear anything. Or Scarface. <laughs> okay. You wouldn't hear much, but it would do it. And it somehow streams the. You can still, yeah. and it, it takes connects, it. It connects to Netflix. It connects to Amazon Video. It connects to HBO uh. through Amazon and a whole host of other services. It's called VidAngel. It, it works. VidAngel. Yeah, you are literally watching the movie just like you would on Netflix, except those scenes or those words aren't there, and you choose what you want to yeah. hear or not. Oh, hear. this is good. When they say the words like they insert words like golly. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Gosh darn it. You're a mean man. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Yeah, so see, this is the opposite. I'm calling and giving advice. I'm going to give a quick story here real quick. So 
As we're talking about swear words, my father always told me, you don't want to swear much because you need to save those words for when you really need them. Like, if you smash your thumb with a hammer and you've been saying the F word all the time, he says, what are you going to have? You're going to have nothing. So my dad, and for somebody who listened, my dad spent about a month in the hospital. Uh, was very ill, but um, uh, he recovered. But he was <laughs> he was intubated, you know, where they stick the, the on the life support machine, the whole thing, boom, suddenly got ill. And he, when he was in this medically induced coma for like four days. And when they take him off the medicine, I'm there in the hospital room. And he's kind of looking around, looks, <laughs> looks at all the tubes, and just mouthed the F word. <laughs> so he saved it. <laughs> and we laughed so hard. It's like, there it is. That, I said, Dad, that is the perfect time to use that word. <laughs> he saved it. That, he saved it, all right. Uh, That's good. Oh, it was see. pretty funny. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Let's get Actually, I'm going to get this vet angel for some of my friends who swear a lot. <laughs> I don't think it works on people. It's a certain hearing aid. Just speak into this. Anyway, okay. what's your question for us? All right. So uh, I'll give you a quick background here. So I work for a company. We have a Roth 401k option and a traditional 401k option. Um, we do, they do allow after-tax contributions. So we have this mega Roth backdoor available uh -huh. to us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and do you transfer so the money? Do you question. do you contribute the maximum, then transfer the amount out each year? No. So what happens is I, I do my maximum, my, my nineteen thousand. I'm not fifty yet, so I do my nineteen thousand, and then I do some after tax contributions. Um, These the, the things are happening at the same time. Okay. My nineteen thousand and the after tax, but um, the after tax contributions automatically go into a traditional because they can't yes, go into Roth. But then. Fidelity has an automated system that when it sees after-tax money come in, it does an in-plan conversion, and that day transfers it to Roth, so I don't pay any taxes. Beautiful. That's something your plan allows for, and then Fidelity facilitates, because yeah. not all plans allow for that. And some plans that don't yeah. allow for it, we just transfer it out. If they allow for that, and some and, plans don't allow for that. And then put it into Brilliant. Roth. Brilliant. We were actually going to go yeah. that direction and tell you that's what you should do, but you beat us to it. That's excellent. I'm already doing that. So that's, yeah. that's working well. So, But my question is, um, at 50 years old, is there like a, a formula that would say, don't do 401k Roth for your your 19,000 and do traditional? Or you know, I've been doing that. I've been doing Roth for about six, seven years now. And I'm just wondering, does there come a point where I want to just not do that anymore? Well, that's and a Great question. A lot of it is driven by the tax rates in the state in which you live versus and your current your current income and the tax rates in which uh, the state in which you plan to retire in. So if you're in California, he's in Georgia. Uh, I don't know the tax rates, but if you're in California, you're and you're a high income earner, you're paying uh, at a really high tax rate. And if you plan to move to Texas, Florida, Washington State, or Nevada. Um, where you would be taking the money out at a zero or low tax rate, then you would do a traditional IRA or traditional 401k. So, what's your an what's your annual income, family income? Uh, gross, probably like three fifty. And how much money do you have in? When you uh, say gross, that's before taxes, or are you self-employed? Yes, that's before taxes, and I'm not self-employed. Okay. No. Okay, and how much money do you have in qualified plans that is pre-tax versus the Roth or? Um, so I've probably got like two fifty in Roth, and I've got probably eight hundred in in either a traditional IRA or traditional four hundred one k. Okay. And you plan on retiring in the same state? Yes. Okay. I like the Roth. I like the You're, Roth. Yeah. I do the Roth, and part of it is. If you you want to diversify your tax strategies, just like you diversify a portfolio. Yeah, because nobody knows what taxes are going to be in the future. We do know that our federal uh, debt right now is about $23 trillion. We also know that the government is spending about $1.35 for every dollar it brings in. We, we know that uh, social services uh, will probably, the cost of social services will probably increase in the future. As we're getting older as a society, we're having less younger people. So I like the idea of, of now, once you get to 
equal amounts in the Roth and equal amounts in the uh, traditional, then you might want to revisit that again. But the reason you want a diversified tax strategy is it just gives you options down the road. So some years you may decide that you want to take the money out of the traditional IRA for a per- portion of your income and some and of the And we Roth. don't know what – I mean, Jeff, there it used to be – there was an excise tax on uh, retirement plan distributions that were above – it was seven fifty for a lump sum, and I'm trying to remember what the uh, like annual was. It wasn't that huge. It wasn't that hundred and fifty yeah. grand or something. I remember when it was did they get rid of that? That they got rid of the mid nineties, early nineties. I remember all the planning that went in around those. Yeah, there was an excise. It was a fifteen percent excise tax for for account balances that were over and a certain level. So who knows well, what I'm the glad that's gone. well? It's it is for, for today. Now. So when Pat said about diversifying your tax strategy, the reason you want to diversify your tax strategy, Congress said that Roth's tax-free. Maybe. But all those all the people yeah. who created the Roth, that was – how long has Roth been around? 15 years or so? Yeah. Senator, Senator Roth has passed away. By the time you're retired, there's not going to be anyone in the halls of Congress that were there when the Roth was first introduced who remember those promises. Yeah. That right? is something I fear. And I, well, I don't lose sleep over it, but just do the proper kind of planning. So that's why, because you've got right now, you know, twenty five percent roughly of your um, of your savings is in Roth, seventy five percent in traditional. I, I kind of with Pat, I like the idea of um, any okay. other continue with the Roth. So, so my after tax dollars that I put into the Roth, can I get that money back out before I'm fifty nine and a half, or is that just? Like everything else, I put into the four hundred one k. It's not touchable. you can take you can take your Roth contributions out, Roth IRA contributions out, as long as they've been in place for at least five years. It's the earnings that are going to be locked up until fifty nine and a half. And the question is why? Okay. Why, why do you ask the question? I, I well because so the, having the backdoor Roth, the mega backdoor Roth available to me means I'm pumping everything that I can into that because yeah, there's no better lot. investment I can do. Yeah. So my thought is if I put everything in there and then I decide to retire at 55, 56, will I be able to get any of that money back out, you know, or do I need to start setting money aside? No, you don't. Outside no, no. Of that? So let's, we're going to let you in on a, a little known secret that most advisors don't share for whatever reason. If you retire in the age 55 or older, the dollars that come out of your 401k have no tax penal- or no penalties on them, so no 10% federal penalty if they come out of the 401k. If you retire at age 55, it's the year in which you retire at 55, and you transfer that money into an IRA, then the penalty applies. Yeah, but, but with the Roth, and that's the simplest thing. If you're retired, you can just take money from your, your company uh, savings plan, your employer's 401k. You don't have to be 59 and a half. As long as you're 55 or older in the year in which you retire. But you can also take money from your your converted Roth IRA as long as the money's been in there for five years. Not the earnings, but your contributions. You can take that out. But my guess is you were 55 and you came in to visit with us You've got or plenty someone of at our firm. We would say, okay, you're going to take some from uh, the pre-tax and some from the Roth in order to get you to where you need to be. But you have plenty of okay. options. You have plenty of options. I wouldn't worry right. about the liquidity aspects of the mega contributions. And that's what you called it. I actually like that word, the mega contributions. So the last question is, can I, can I convert HSA to IRA at some point? I've heard that I can. I can't find it anywhere. Um, not currently that I've seen. There was, wasn't there some legislate? Okay. There was some pending legislation. Yeah, I don't think yeah, it yeah. Passed. Um, just keep track all right, of all your so medical expenses else. and put them all in a – this is the one thing that you need to take pictures of them all and store them somewhere, of your medical expenses. And then um, you, you can – when you're in retirement, you can take money out. It's going to be tax-free as long as you have the medical expenses. Regardless of the age, regardless of how long the medical expense was ago. Is that right, Scott? Mm. I don't know the answer to that. I forget the age on that. But what we I do- have read that. I've I've read that at any time in the future, yeah. you can just submit old receipts and get the money. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. It, and how about state income taxes on the HSA? I don't know. It's some. There's none. Well, it depends on the state. Yeah, it depends on the state. I thought it, it was 
It depends on the state. It does depend, okay. it does yeah. depend on the state. It depends on the state. You could you could actually trigger some taxes in some yeah. states. Yeah, and most people actually have missed that. Uh, they. So. Yeah, it's in, well, clearly uh, I would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right well, hey, Jeff. listen, you great saver, uh, bright uh, financial guy. Uh, you're doing, uh, in our opinion, you're doing everything right. Yep. Keep it up. That's awesome. Good job. Thank Good you. job. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah. and do us a favor. Can you take our, we're trying to get more people to listen to our podcast, and we're now doing it one by one. We're asking everyone. <laughs> so our 12 <laughs> listeners, we're trying, if we can get it double, we're 24. 24. And my That'd fam- be 100% growth. <laughs> and I'm not that close with my in-laws anymore. So um, can you uh, pass this, our uh, show on to others? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll let one person know. All right. All right. Yeah, appreciate Thanks. it. That's perfect. 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 Get That's the, all we're it, looking for. By the time we get through 2020, we're going to have 24. 20, maybe 30 listeners. That is be something. Be yeah, something. And have a good, good year. So we are still talking about, and this, by the way, if you're listening, this is All Worth Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. If you're still listening, if you're still listening. Is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Uh, we end up talking about, we let ourselves go down rabbit holes and stuff in this. Uh, We've got to be entertained. <laughs> it's not just about the listeners. You know, it's we get a self care. If we don't take care of ourselves first, how can we serve others? That's right. That's our story. So that's you know that's what it's really about. Okay. Taking care of ourselves first. Okay, back to the subject matter at hand. Um, no, there are uh, a, many people enjoy some of the discussions we have, the banter, and some of these other stuff. There's a small percentage that can you just get to the financial stuff, but you know, the reality is. You got to go get your own show. <laughs> we kind of enjoy doing those things. Um, well, we were talking about some tips. I think the other main thing for for a new year, for how to for finan- for to become financially independent and remain that way, is to be fearful of debt. The borrower is the slave of the lender, and when you end up with lots of debt. You go out and buy yourself some new clothes because you want something coming up. You want to look good, whatever. Some consumer debt. When you buy, when you start spending money on debt, that dollar, those dollars need to be repaid, and they need to be repaid with after-tax dollars. So, yeah. if you owe ten grand, you might need to earn fifteen thousand in wages to net that ten. So, anyway, those were some things. Uh, we are out of time, unfortunately. We are here the same channel every week, and of course, you can listen to our podcast. Uh, right at wherever you listen to your uh, podcast, you can get us there, or you can go to allworthfinancial.com and catch us there as, as well. So, we are looking forward to a good 2020. I hope you are as well. And uh, it's been a great being here with you. This has been Scott Hansen and Pat McLean, Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.